Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Dyslexic podcast series. Before I get started, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands in which I'm working on today, for the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And I would like to pay my respects to both elders, past, present, and emerging. This podcast has proudly been sponsored by one of our Dear Dyslexic community members. We are so thankful for their support and for all of our community members' support in helping us continue our podcast series. So we hope you enjoy this show today. Today, I'm thrilled to be speaking to Darlene McLennan. Darlene is the manager of the Australian Disability Clearinghouse on Education and Training, ADSET, and the National Disability Coordination Officer for Tasmania, both of which are hosted by the University of Tasmania. Darlene and I have been working for a number of years now, and we were so excited that last year we got to work together on our first National Dyslexic Conference. ADSET was a proud sponsor of that conference. And it is a national resource that aims to promote and disseminate information and advice that informs educators, disability practitioners and students with disabilities on inclusive education, teaching and support within Australian higher education and the vocational education and training sectors. Darlene is also the manager of the Disability Awareness, which is an e-learning website that houses e-learning modules that aim to build awareness and increase understanding around disability. So welcome to the show, Darlene. I'm so pleased to be able to talk to you today about the work you do at the Australian Disability Clearinghouse on Education and Training, also known as ADSET. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Shay. It's great to be here. It's so lovely to see you because we uh, started doing work together now, gosh, three or four years ago when we came to Tassie to do training. And it was so nice to be able to reconnect with you over our recent conference and to have the support of ADSET, um, who were one of our gold sponsors, which was just amazing support that we were so grateful for. But how have you been since I saw you last? Um, You know, really good. Having a a lovely summer already. I've um, moved from Tassie to Queensland for the summer period because my daughter got married on the weekend, so which was a lovely experience. And now they're on their honeymoon and I'm... I've got the three-year-old, so life's a bit different for me. Um, but, yeah, no, very good. And, yeah, it's really exciting to um, connect with you too, Shay and Dear Dyslexic. I'm really supportive of the organisation and I love seeing it, what, um, watching it on the sidelines um, and watching it grow and, um, yeah, kind of meet more and more of the needs of students with dyslexia. So well done you and well done to your team. Oh, thank you. And um, it's the resources you have and the work you do is so important in helping us to raise awareness of dyslexia uh, as a disability that needs support, even though um, I know there's a lot of controversy around using the term disability uh, for lots of people, not just people that are dyslexic, but for other uh, neurodiverse and um I won't go down the social model of disability tunnel. I'll take us in a whole different direction. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is a challenge because, you know, know, and, you know, I certainly want to be respectful for people to use whatever um, language or or title or or thing that they need. But the challenge around um, portraying disability in that way is it often then just perpetuates the negative stereotype of disability instead of it being an empowerment model. And I know many people with disability are now identifying out and proud that they're disabled people. Um, so, yeah, but it is an individual choice. Um, and the the thing for us at ADSET is for students with specific learning disabilities, such as dyslexia, 
uh, you are um, under the disability standards in education, your rights to receiving an accessible education is under that Act. And so that's kind of where we use the word disability because that's kind of you know, the tool you can use to ensure that um, you know your needs and your adjustment needs are met within your um, in your education. So, but yeah, also respectful that the, you know people have um, different terms and identify themselves in different ways. Um, yes, thank you. And we really could have a whole conversation uh, on terminology. But Ed, the work that you do is really important. Can you explain? Um, for our listeners who may not have come across you because I certainly hadn't come across you when I was at university and I think it was only through my work at the foundation that I learned about all the amazing resources and supports you have for students with disabilities. So I really wanted to have you on the show today so we could um, showcase what you do and enable those that need your services to access them. Yep, no, thanks, Shay, for the opportunity. Adset predominantly is a web-based resource. We are funded by the Department of Education, Skills and Employment, which um, through the higher education branch, but we actually go across the higher education and the vocational education and training sector. So that includes TAFE and private RTOs. And it is around providing information Predominantly for the actual um, provider, so the university or the, the TAFE or the private RTO around how they should support or how they um, need to be supporting students with dyslexia um, and other um, disabilities. But also in recent times, we've actually kind of expanded out to also have um, resources for students. So we actually have three areas of the website we've got. Uh, information for what we call disability practitioners or disability advisors, who are the ones that often work with students directly to actually identify the adjustments that they may need in their learning. Then we have another side for academics and teachers across the whole tertiary sector. And then we have a, um, a side for students with disabilities. So in each of those three areas, people can find things like, you know, I've got dyslexia, what kind of adjustments should I expect or what side of adjustments may assist me in my study um, when it comes to, you know, accessing my education. Um, but also we do things like webinars. So uh, we hosted a webinar recently with um, our colleagues in New Zealand that have set up a dyslexic quality marker um, uh, program there. So we're kind of linked with them. We, yeah, kind of find a hot topics, I suppose, and then, yeah, present webinars. So we range from having 80 people to, to 600 people in those webinars, which is really great. We've also dabbled in the world of podcasting because, once again, that's been a really easy medium to get to more and more people, including people internationally, which has been fabulous to do that as well. Um, but we also develop content and sometimes receive grants to do um, one-offs. So when COVID hit, we received a small amount of money um, to actually develop content around the things that may be impacting students and the sector um, in regards to COVID. So one of those things was returning to campus for students and, and staff even. And so what are the things that, um, you know, universities and TAFEs need to think about when students with disability coming onto campus that may have autoimmune, um, you know, be automo um, you know, compromised um, autoimmune systems, um, you know, maybe um, who are blind and, and they need the, um, the temperature checker to be able to read out the temperature um, that, you know, our, our temperature stations need to be adjustable to include things for students with disability. So those kind of things, those guidelines helped. But we also developed some guidelines around online learning because 
with the what well, you know the word that we're, the buzz one of the buzzwords which I was surprised didn't get word of the year um, pivot um, with the pivot to online learning there was a lot of challenges that existed for students with disability around accessing um, content online so we've done a number of different resources to support the online learning. So there's a range of things, but one of the probably things that um, the audience may be even more interested about is that we have updated a resource in 2016, which only feels like yesterday, which is called Opening All Options. It was a resource that was developed in 1999 when there was so little about um, specific learning disabilities, and it's an actual resource that provides really significant advice to disability practitioners and academics and teachers around dyslexia and other specific learning disabilities, the implications of that, even talks about the testing um, and also the adjustment. So it's a, a, a great resource with a wealth of information and and looking at reviewing, you know, today reviewing some of the things that we had on our website, I realised we probably need to review that again soon. But um, so if, you know, our, your audience does um, have a look at that resource and, and want to provide any feedback or feel like we're missing something, then please let us know. We're always happy to take comments, good and bad, because we're always wanting to, to grow and change and, you know, we know we don't always get it right, but we want to be there. One of the other things that we do provide is also information around assistive technology. That can be a game changer for people, but can be quite overwhelming. Um, in the experience that I've had managing this uh, website is that often students come from school um, and not have actually had access to assistive technology that can really support them such as um, Read and Write Gold or even just something as simple as Grammarly and getting into a post-secondary education sector or the tertiary sector, uh, suddenly they're made aware of all um, you know, the assistive technologies that are available. Um, and also, you know, because the academic rigour can be quite um, more confronting with having to kind of, um, you know, record lectures or, you know, in, have a lot of information and take a lot of information in a, in a small amount of time, you know, technology can be the game changer and, and ensure success. So we have a wealth of information on the website around the assistive technology and, and kind of cut that down into things like, you know, what supports you in your reading, what supports you in your writing and so forth. So for people that are looking at accessing tertiary education or asking studying at the moment and really wanting to know some um, technology tips and tricks. There's a whole heap on AdSet. And we've also got some videos that we actually um, have talked to students with dis different disabilities, including dyslexia, around the technology that they've used. It makes me uh, wonder if there's a way we could partner to um, create uh, a fact sheet around that because ours definitely needs updating and it would be great to actually put some of those videos up on our assisted technology section of the website. So you've given always looking at new ideas but going back to the um, information resource for teachers and academics which I think is invaluable um, does that go up to PhD level or is that more undergrad and masters? It's, it would be um, across um, all of that I, but I know that there are um, you know issues that actually exist especially for students with you know undertaking their PhD and I know it's something that, you know, that we may do a future project in that because we're seeing that as, you know, the, one of the gaps and barriers that exist. Um, that's one of the things I love about um, the role that I do is it is often about identifying the gaps and barriers. And I suppose, Shay, you and I are probably very similar is that, you know, we always finding new ideas and get excited about, you know, how we can actually make a positive impact on things by doing that. And, um, yeah, I know that we've talked around some partnerships and definitely would like to, to look at that in 2022. Yeah, because I think that's um, some of the feedback we've got from 
people studying in higher education is sometimes a challenge of uh, conveying. Um, we're particularly finding in the RTOs generally um, don't seem to have the, the support structures set up like uh, universities and TAFEs do. But being able to um, explain and get the support needed because I think lecturers are, you know, they're busy people like teachers um, and, you know, they've got a significant number of students they're trying to work with uh, and support. And I, the feedback we get generally is that there's, they're not uh, trained or have a really good understanding of learning disabilities or difficulties in higher ed. And so using resources like that, I think, is so important because if we can empower our our community to say, here's the resources, which, which is what we've been talking about in our PhD support group, is here's the resource, take it to your lecturer um, and work through it with them so that then you're feeling like you've got more control and you're empowered around your educational pathways. Thank you for listening to this podcast. The D-Hub is our digital learning space where you can access our first Australian e-learning courses for those working and supporting dyslexic employees, as well as webisodes, online courses, communities of practice, and much, much more. So head to the D-Hub today and start your learning journey. dhub.ddyslexic.com. It is the just-in-time stuff. I think that's really important. Um, you know, Academics and teachers are really busy people. Um, I take my hat off to to the work that they do because it is, you know, their their teaching loads and and research loads is huge. And it's the same goes across the higher ed and the vocational education and training sector. I think you know they're all very busy people. So when we develop content and and training and so forth, we really try to make it as simple, you know, as, as easy to engage with as possible and really just make it quite, ex, you know, accessible to people to engage in and learn learn about, um, you know, how they best to respond or support a student um, with dyslexia um, or other kind of specific learning disabilities. One of the things that we've done is we've actually gone into the world of e-learning as well. We have a website called disabilityawareness.com we started off with a disability awareness um, course that's, um, that we offer for free for anybody to do. And we've actually had, uh, I think, 25,000 people actually undertake that training across Australia. We also offer that training for um, for people to put it into their own what we call learning management system so they can purchase that. So if you're a big organisation and we've had, you know, like actually the NDIA have actually um, purchased the training so they've put it into their own learning management systems. So that led us down a, 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 tr a journey, I suppose, of finding other things that we could actually turn into e-learning. So we've actually developed an e-learning, um, two courses for the vocational education and training sector. So it's supporting, it's called supporting students with disability in vocational education and, and training. It sits on the disability awareness website. And that training, um, yeah, provides advice to all staff within um, the vocational um, education and training sector with advice around supporting students with disability. And then one of the other training programs is actually specifically for teachers. So it helps them unpack the core competencies of their training packages and how you actually put the reasonable adjustments against that. Um, and also kind of builds on their knowledge to understand the different disability types and the implications and what adjustments need to be put in place. And then recently, um, we or actually as recent as the 3rd of December, we launched a new training, which is universal design for learning um, for um, tertiary, for the tertiary education sector. So I suppose, you know, I've talked a lot about reasonable adjustments today and, um, you know, understanding what kind of adjustments um, you need to kind of help you succeed in your studies. 
but also we'd like to probably get to a world where you actually don't even need to identify that or or do that is that it, under the framework of universal design for learning you know learning's kind of you know it identifies that we're all diverse learners and that if you actually kind of provide multiple means of um, engagement and multiple means of showing what you've learned um, and so forth, then you know less adjustments are required for 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 the you know the diverse learners that people um, have in their class. So we launched that as I said on the third of December. It's free on the disability awareness website. We've already had I think 144 people registered to do the course. We will be doing more advertising in January because we know this is not the best time to be to be launching a, an e-learning resource. But we're also going to be developing community practice in an online forum where teachers and academics um, next year can actually have conversations around how they're actually changing their teaching practice to actually um, work in the framework of UDL. So really hoping this will have a significant impact on many students with disability um, in the tertiary sector as, as um, you know, academics and teachers understand and, and um, you know, put in um, different practices into their teaching. And many teachers um, and academics are probably doing it anyway, um, but it might be just tweaking, it might be finding some of the, the pain points that, you know, students are um, engaging with and having trouble with and trying to kind of look at that in a different lens and change it. So, yeah, so it's been, we've had really great feedback. It's something, you know, now that we've actually done this e-learning, we're actually looking at more and more opportunities to develop more e-learning. Um, we're looking at probably in the new year doing one for students who are blind or for academics and teachers to understand the needs of students who are blind because often, you know, people don't realise if you set up a Word document that's unstructured um, and, you know, the hierarchy is all wrong and so forth. Or if you put a PDF that's not tagged, you know, students who are blind don't get to have access to that. Um, and it's probably in some ways similar to students um, with specific learning disabilities when, you know, you don't set out your training well and you use the wrong font and, you know, all these things, you know, it can impact on somebody's learning in such a significant way. So we're always looking to opportunities to to develop more e-learning because we're just seeing it such an engaging way. Instead of, you know, a guide or picking up the resource or reading a website, you're actually getting to check people's knowledge and getting them, you know, stepping them through the different processes. So it's been very exciting to undertake that work as well. I think that's great because I was having a conversation with someone today and, you know, they're going overseas to have training around dyslexia on e-learning, uh, which I was really surprised about uh, because I thought that there would be um, e-learning courses that supported learning advisors and uh, those in higher education around dyslexia. It's not something we'd really looked at because I just assumed. And to know that people are going overseas and that, you know, the information that they're learning may not be uh, what, what's within the Australian context, which I think is really important sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so it's great to hear the different work that you're doing because uh, it's really important. And I think putting it in the Australian context around what our laws are or what terms we use, uh, what terms we don't use uh, is really important when we're supporting learners. Um, and so so that could be another project we could do. Yes, <laughs> yes. is looking busy, Shay. Goodness. It's looking, <laughs> looking very busy. And when you were talking about community practices, because we've got our, our D-Hub now, which has a section on community practice, and we haven't had a, an opportunity to launch that component yet. And as you were talking, I thought, oh, maybe that's something we could do together as well. But I think the opportunities are endless with um, collaborating, which is really exciting. But I think what's more important is the amount of resources that are already there for not just um, individuals with disabilities, but those working with them, because it's really important to be able to self-advocate 
and have the resources to help you do that. But if you're working with people that have a good understanding and, you know, universal design principles are so important because, you know, if we're able to show how we've learnt in different ways, but, you know, as you said, some someone who's blind may have the same needs as someone who's dyslexic in a lot of ways. So some of the principles we're putting in are for every, well, well that's why they're universal, aren't they? Yep, they are. And <laughs> you've got, you've the, got the word reason. now. <laughs> yeah, um, but, uh, you know, you, yeah, just, you hit another nail though on the head then too around, you know, students understanding their own needs and advocating. I think, you know, we are in conversations with another organisation about developing something around like you know, self-efficacy, because I think mm. I've been in this role, um, you know, for a number of years and seeing, you know, kind of looking at students who, you know, are often more able to succeed in their studies. It's actually about those people that actually understand what the implication of their dis- disability or, or their disle- if they have dyslexia, what the implications are and what adjustments they need and, and are, are able to articulate that clearly. Um, that often sets people up to succeed. Um, and, you know, that's often the, the challenge with our school system is that it's often parents that are doing the advocating mm-hmm. or, um, you know, and sometimes even afraid of labelling so they don't want their child to be diagnosed as having dyslexia. And, you know, it, it can be quite an empowering thing to understand, you know, and, and to anything, you know, understand how we learn, um, what our needs are. Um, so, you know, that's another suite of work that we, we feel that's really missing um, for many people when they're coming into the tertiary sector. And, you know, it's such a, I kind of often say when, you know, not that my role does work with students, but if I do, you know, do have conversations with students, it's a it's another world, you know, when you go from year 12 to a tertiary education sector system, it's a different world. It's like going into another country. And sometimes often encourage students to, you know, don't think you can do it all at once. Don't, you know, if you're going to uni, don't you, maybe don't look at four units that first semester or second semester. Look at three and seeing that fourth unit is your learning to understand this landscape, learning to understand the nuances, the hidden agendas, all the things that, you know, we often take for granted if we work in the sector, but we know that students really struggle with that transition between the two. It's interesting you talk about parents advocating but also I think, you know, when you, if you have a learning disability that hasn't been picked up in school, which a lot of times that's what happens is you get into higher education. Uh, so it's hard to know what your needs are when you haven't had the ability to have that diagnosis. So I think there's so many different supports needed because you've got the, the young people that their parents have advocated and now they've got to learn to do that for themselves. And especially when you get into the workforce because, again, you, all those resources go you don't, you know, the access to um, reasonable adjustments and the ability to disclose, all those things can be really impaired when you go into the workplace. So you've got so many different um, contradictions in a way happening and then you come into the university sector where it's, or higher ed where it's really well supported. You, you know, if you've got that piece of paper that says you've got a disability, you can access so many things that help you. And so I guess there's different uh, groups that are coming through, those that haven't had the opportunity to self-advocate that need to learn, those that haven't had the opportunity for an assessment that then get one and then learning what that means for them as well uh, and those students that that can self-advocate and are really strong at that anyway. So it's um, it's tricky to be able to manage all those, those different subgroups and then they go into the workplace and it all gets taken away from them again. So learning those self-advocacy skills uh, in higher ed is so important because I think it really sets you up for when you go out into the bigger world that's completely different again to, yeah. um, to, the, to the education sector. 
Yeah. And finding the tools that, that work for you. And look, it is, you know, it is difficult. I think, you know, we often have the argument, like some people, like, you know, one of the, the biggest adjustments that often put in place for students on the Pacific Learning Disabilities may be note-taking. And sometimes universities will argue, well, you know, they're not going to get that in a workplace. And, you know, that's often true. But I also know people with dyslexia, significant dyslexia that actually have um, got their own note takers, funded their own note takers if they've been in a position to. Um, but, you know, we're always looking at, at different ways to, you know, because that's another part of it is also um, ensuring, you know, it's a fine balance of making sure you're actually setting students up to succeed and having, um, you know, a level of independence, as well as making sure you put the right adjustments in. Um, which I, I think is is really important. One of the reasons, you know, there's many reasons that I support dear, dear dyslexia, but it is I find, you know, there are so many challenges and barriers that exist for students with dyslexia, but um, and for students with disabilities um, across the board. But one of the challenges I find around students with specific learning disabilities is often, the, you know, the expense of trying to get diagnosed. Um, you know, it is a real as an adult. The moment within the the tertiary sector, um, the tertiary providers certainly encouraged to have a assessment over the age of sixteen because an educational assessment is a really powerful thing. Um, it actually really does help you understand your learning needs, um, but also helps the the tertiary provider kind of meet those needs. But you know, it is an expensive. You know, it ranges between six hundred, and this is nothing that your listeners haven't heard before. You know, uh, six hundred to two thousand dollars for a good assessment, and that's often beyond many people's reach, most people's reach, really. And that's you know, it often just creates another barrier. And I think here in you know Australia, we're still so far behind in dealing with specific learning disabilities. When you look at models like the UK and and the example you gave, where someone's looking at doing training overseas, it's because we still are so far behind. We we don't really still recognise dyslexia in lots of ways in our school system, which I think impacts on many students' experiences and and success in going beyond um, you know year twelve. Um, and that kind of really yeah, it really frustrates me. Um, and I think we, we should be doing it better here in Australia. Um, and I really want to continue to work and, and fight for that to ensure it does happen. And you know, this, if we can do some small things at ADSET to, to help kind of, you know, students succeed, we, we um, certainly try. But I'm also at that point of trying to advocate for things to change too to get better. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've been lobbying prior to COVID. We were lobbying with federal government to uh, try and get assessments on MBS and you know how we could try and work with the Australian Psychology Society to support them in advocating uh, for these assessments to be on the uh, MBS as well but what was interesting is we had the opportunity to talk at the parliamentary inquiry into students with disabilities at TAFE. They recently put out their recommendations and we were really excited to see we'd been cited 37 times but what, what was really exciting was the recommendation around assessments being accessible in TAFE for students. So if there is that thought that someone might have a learning disability, that they could get the opportunity to get an assessment, which was really exciting because I was just so proud to see that because I know that I got assessed at uni and because I was having a tutor for my uni and she's the one who said, I think you're dyslexic. And so having the opportunity to get assessed at uni was fantastic. I was able to afford that lower cost. But, you know, it's... It is so frustrating to see how many people miss out, uh, whether it's in school or, you know, they don't get the chance when they get into higher ed to get an assessment. And even though, you know, for some parents they may not want their child assessed, but it really is such we advocate so strongly if people can afford it because it's so important to be able to know what's happening for yourself and then be able to ask for the support you need. Um, 
And mm. I really hope in time the government starts to listen and uh, we get something happening around yeah. assessments. It's so important. Yeah, I, I try to encourage people to reflect on, you know, their own journeys, even just in illness or other things that happened. And for me, probably six years ago, I, I fell over and broke my radial head. But in that, I actually ended up getting a, a hand that ended up um, exploding um, kind of exploding it's quite big and my fingers were getting all crooked and I actually ended up getting diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome Chris and once I had that diagnosis the world opened up to me previous to that I was in pain I was you know unsure I didn't know what to do I didn't know whether to move it to not do it you know like whatever but once I had that diagnosis you know I was able to go into chats with other people with it I was able to you know articulate that to medical people you know it just for me it's that important just empowered me so much to understand what and how to to you know um to work with what I had so yeah I I find it a challenge when there is that fear of labeling um because yeah it can be quite an empowering thing for people to then actually find a community or to actually find information especially today you know in today's you know with the internet hopefully they find the right things um but you know it's yeah I think it can be a game changer for people we we are hosting some critical conversations at ADSET um we had a couple of this year and we will have some next year and one of the ones we want to have is around diagnosis and the need for for a diagnosis we're in um consultation with um Mandy Nathan um from um Spelled to kind of maybe start us off with a, a webinar early next year. So I encourage your listeners, if they want to keep abreast of what AdSet's doing, yeah, to sign up to our newsletter. So our website's um, adset, A-D-C-E-T dot E-D-U dot A-U and sign up to our newsletter so you keep keep up to date with all the things we're doing. And just going back to one of the other things you said, Shay, around the, the TAFE review that was done, um, we're also just recently been funded by the, the federal government to do a couple of projects within the vet sector nationally. So we're actually looking at developing some resources on the um, ADSET website and we'll put some links in to the podcast. But, um, yeah, if people want to get involved in that project, we've got three well, three different projects. One's around developing resources that better support teachers and, and staff around supporting students with dis- disability. We're also looking at the enrolment process and um, and when people disclose on enrolment and how how you know providers or vet providers actually respond and and so forth and then also the training packages how that they're um, inclusive in 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 their development so there's three significant projects that we'll be doing um, and that's in response to the disability standards and education review but also you know we will be you know taking a lot of the learnings from the the vet TAFE review that you talked about before which is really um, it was great to see that review and great to see so so many wonderful recommendations. In it. Yeah, we were so excited um, to see and to uh, to see that we had been heard and that the disability community had really been heard and that it was, um, it was it felt like it had really been taken seriously. But it's always the implementation of the recommendations that can be where things get tripped up. So um, it'll be interesting to watch the space around what. Uh, what recommendations do start being implemented. But I really, really hope that the assessment one is taken on board and that 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 becomes an opportunity, particularly for people going through the TAFE sector. Financially, they may not have been able to afford their families to get an assessment. And so, you know, it's pivotal that they get that opportunity when they're studying so that they can continue to study and they have the best outcomes that they can. So it's great to hear that you're doing some work following that as well. And we look forward to watching the space 
that you're playing in at the moment and um, all the details of AdSet will be on our website as well for our listeners. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we uh, wrap up our conversation today? I'm so excited we've had the opportunity to talk. No, it's been brilliant. Really happy for people to reach out to us. Um, yeah, like we're also often um, have, we have blog spots as well. So we love to hear from people and their their um, experiences, good and bad. Um, so if people want to kind of write about their experience, we have, you know, a significant and large audience. We're just kind of doing our stats for the year um, on, you know, how much engagement we get. And um, we're really proud and excited that we're really growing our base. Um, so if people want a, a, a space to to write about their journey in tertiary education, um, yeah, please feel free to reach out and we do pay people for their writing. So, and yeah, engage with us on social media. We're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook. So, and also remember our disability awareness um, website, which is disabilityawareness.com.au if you're looking for some e-training. That's so thanks, Shane. Thank you, Darlene. Mm. And I was like, oh, I might write a blog, not be, not for the be, being paid bit, but it would be great to write about um, my experiences as a PhD student and how fabulous, like the strategies my supervisors have put in place to help me because they've just been phenomenal. Oh, in, that would be brilliant. Um, thank thanks, you. Shay, you have a wonderful holiday break and enjoy your family time. Okay, thank you. Thank Cheers. you. To find out more about AdSet, head to dyslexic.com. And if you haven't already done so, make sure you sign up to our mailing list so you can keep up to date with everything we're doing across Australia, including advocacy and awareness, our peer support program, including our 1800 helpline, mentoring and online support groups. We provide face-to-face workshops, online workshops, e-learning courses, the first of their kind in Australia, and workplace coaching. So if you want to find out more about all the wonderful work we do, head to dyslexic.com. And if you loved our podcast, then why not become a sponsor today? You can find out more at dyslexic.com or email admin at dyslexic.com. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Uh.